0: Hello, hello.
1: Right, this is our Inspiring the Next CMO podcast series for Behind the Fluff podcast from the international bunch. It's specifically for those in marketing in the industry or those interested in marketing. Who are we going to be talking to today? Hannah Baldwin. Hannah is a head of global marketing in the industry and Hannah talks with us about her love of her dog, and Monty Don, her rekindled love of horses, her inspiring granddad, and how she swapped wearing high heels for slippers. And we also discuss her fantastic team and the innovative things that they're doing. And also how one day Hannah dreams of owning a deli. So why don't we just jump straight in? Let's go. So welcome everybody. This is our Behind the Fluff um, podcast. And we have a brand new inspiring the next CMO series. Uh, We've got lots of great resources that you can find on internationalbunchcom forward slash be inspired. So I am absolutely thrilled to have Hannah with me today. Hannah is a head of global marketing in the industry. Uh, Now we pass cross with each other several times at conferences mostly. And uh, you know, Hannah, those places we used to meet, chat face to face. Face to face. (laughs) In the same room. I can almost remember. (laughs) um, Hello, Hannah. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely delighted. Um, Now, we're going to start with a couple of icebreaker questions because, you know, we want to get to know a bit more about you first. Yeah. So the first thing I want to ask you, we actually do a campaign where every day we send out a word of the day and we like to be inspired about what word of the day we're going to send. And uh, we've got this hashtag intbunch word of the day. So do you have a favorite word and what does it mean?
0: I do have a favorite word, but it's a, it's a really basic word. And, it, but it means a lot to me. So I'm going yeah. to define it because everybody knows, but my favorite word is dog. And the reason that it's my favorite word is because it's such a small little word, but it, means so much and there's so much love just packed in a little in a little tiny word and my dog inspire me every day
1: oh I love it that's so nice and as a fellow dogger I feel it and look there we go yeah someone actually when my when I lost porridge there's her footprints there in October someone made this for me my oh. friend Emma and then dropped it off to me and I cried Oh but yeah they are amazing and they do say that if you turn it backwards it's god isn't it so yes exactly yeah well there you go <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh god <laughs> so um so first things first a few more things about you i mean i love the dog word because that's very personal yep. so what is the best thing that you have discovered in this last
0: amazing year in this last amazing year i think there's probably on a work related note I think working in slippers is probably Ooh. my best discovery like and it. it's just brilliant I've done interviews in slippers I've done you know very high level business meetings in slippers i <laughs> just it's changed my life honestly and I'm quite nervous about actually having to I haven't worn heels in a year and anybody who knows me knows that I live in heels usually so I'm a bit worried about that but We'll worry about that when we have to. I'm right
1: there with you. And yeah. do, we, do you have the slippers on right now? Can we I see? Do you have the slippers on right now? I'm I'm very curious to
0: see. <laughs> I can't, I'm not flexible enough. But they are pink, fluffy, muley, leathery things. Very oh, nice. I was um, thinking maybe they were like Homer Simpson or no, no, no Or like or little dogs. dog. <laughs> no, they're just normal kind of. New slippers! Yeah, and then and then the other thing for me is has been getting back into horse riding because I used to ride when I was a kid. I haven't ridden for about thirty five years, and when lockdown three or whatever number is now happened, I was given the opportunity to to loan a horse at our local riding school. So I'm loaning a big liver chestnut gelding called smurf and learning to ride again and it's been absolutely brilliant i get to muck out i get to groom him i get to ride him and i don't it it has done so much for my just general well-being um in the last crazy crazy little while um and yeah it's been brilliant do you say his name was smurf Smurf. yes he's gorgeous He is. He's he's very he's very stubborn. He's very contrary. Mm -hmm. Got a big person. He's quite like like me. We've bonded quite well. Um, But yeah, it's been fabulous. And actually, who who
1: wins though when you want to go forward and he
0: wants to go backwards? Who wins? Uh, Usually me, Um, (laughs) but only because he's a riding school horse. I think. Um, But I think it's it's also reminded me, kind of why it's important not to just sit here for many 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 hours on the chop all the time and it's, exactly you have to have that extra focus and it's just been brilliant loved it it clearly makes you smile as well which is excellent very important yes so who inspires you ha ah, who inspires me um i don't tend to look to famous people for inspiration or well known personalities because i think there's always something you don't know about them yeah usually a <laughs> so, yeah um and I think there's a lot of people that you, know, you, you kind of admire but you don't know they're them really um and often they've just got a book to sell but I think for me my main inspiration is my closest friends um they are mm. um a really fiercely talented really successful wonderful group of you know, highly intelligent, strong women. Um, They've, they're just amazing. Uh, Like everybody, they've had loads of stuff thrown at them. I mean, women, I think, tend to have more to deal with generally. Um, And they're smashing through glass ceilings all over the place, but they always do everything and face every challenge with a lot of humour, a lot of grace, um, and in a very professional way. Um, And I'm, you know, they inspire me every day. And they're That's funny.
1: So lovely. Can I be your friend? i, I <laughs> want to be friends with your friends. Isn't that <laughs> they sound <laughs> well, amazing. I have some great. amazing friends too. So you know, yeah. I can't discount my own friends. No, exactly, oh, but wow. they are.
0: But yeah, they yeah, are. I'm and girl. I think it's it's important to have people that are real people. Oh my goodness. To yes. Model yourself on and to, to take inspiration from because otherwise you you you, you know you don't know people.
1: Mm. yeah absolutely agree, and I think actually, even though you really value friends when you're younger, I think for me personally, as I've got older, but you know, I used to have so many friends when I was younger, yeah, and then, as I've got older, I actually have fewer friends that I'm closer to now, yeah, but they are incredibly valuable friends to me, and yeah. I think you value friendships
0: a lot more I think you, as do. you get older, I think you're absolutely right, and I think you you know, you, you suddenly go past that point of you've known people for longer than you haven't known
1: them.
0: Um, and you know, you, you, you celebrate things together, you commiserate things together, you support each other. Um, and you know, I'm so proud of them all and I know they're proud of me. Um, I don't think they really know what I do (laughs) and I don't, you know, pretend to know what half of them do, but, um, you know, for a career, I mean, but they're they amazing, amazing, uh, lovely. I think lovely. I
1: hope I hope that they hear this, or they see this, or I'll know, make sure they do, <laughs> yeah, because that's it's really really lovely thing for them to hear. So, when you were young,
0: what yeah. did you want to be? I wanted to be anything to do with horses, um, which didn't quite pan out. Well,
1: um, I don't know. Or a
0: vol- <laughs> yeah, I could do now, or a volcanologist. Yeah, because I was obsessed with um, like volcanoes and things. But unfortunately, when I was at school, in the kind of well, careers advice wasn't quite what it is today. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, love my job, love my career now. But I think had had I had different advice, yeah, I may have chosen a different route. But you know, yeah. there's never never too late.
1: <laughs> Listen, my mother retrained in her fifties, I think it was, and did an Open University course in um, law and became a solicitor. So yeah, so we have many, 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 many years left in us. (laughs) (laughs) So the world is definitely still your oyster. Um, So if you were to have dinner tonight with anybody in the world, whether alive or dead, whoever they they are, who would they be?
0: My granddad, Um, because he was so, you'd have loved him. He was wonderful. He was really wise um he was interesting he was a cracking storyteller um <laughs> most of it from a great imagination I think <laughs> he should have should have probably written a bu- book so there was never a dull moment and I think he always believed in me and always encouraged me and mm. probably spoilt me um and he he was always very clear that he thought I could do whatever I wanted to do um and you know that's that's really valuable when you were a kid I think growing up to know that people believe in you but he did it in a very Bombastic sort of way. Yeah. And I still, and he died many, many years ago, but I still miss him. And I think he used to do an amazing roast, grew his own vegetables, and he would just talk for hours and, you know, put the world to rights. And I think alongside him, probably Monty Don, because I love him. <laughs> I love Monty, my guilty secret. um And I'd We've love to pick his brains. On- <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. Love to pick his brains on gardening and, you know I love gardening as well but it's not very good um and I think we'd have Rick Stein to cook for us <laughs> in the kitchen in yeah and then you could <laughs> potter in with a little glass of wine and... <laughs> there you go It'd be oh,
1: that is fantastic I love mm. it and I love that you went for a family member as well because yeah. uh, as you were saying that you, you made me think of a few people um of my family that have passed away that were just like that, and I just, you know, it, 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 you know, like a little solitary tear just appeared. Oh, no. Yeah. Me thinking, oh, they have an amazing impact on our lives, and it's lovely that we still treasure and think about them
0: today. Yeah. He so, was even proud of me when he realised I could drink a pint. He took me to the workingman's club and showed me off and made me drink
1: a pint in front of all of his friends. Bless him. So sweet. At least he didn't make you do a yard of ale or something oh. like that. Oh, yeah. my no. goodness. <laughs> so um, let's let's talk about your career. So tell yes. us about your career and how you got to where you are today. So um,
0: I've had a fairly... Um, I think my career started out quite interestingly. I, I read modern languages at university. had no idea what I wanted to do with that. And um, so when I graduated, I then went to be a ski rep in France for a couple of years, which was Ooh. fabulous. I had a we must have a chat job. about that offline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, in the summer, temp for a septic tank company, <laughs> one of my best friends, which was, you know, brilliant, but um, wasn't really going Anywhere, it was just to keep yeah. And then after a couple of years, I kind of thought, or was told by my father, <laughs> probably ought to get a proper job, love. Um, so I worked for a while in customer services for telecoms companies. Um, and then a well, telecoms And then a manager at one of the companies decided I would probably be quite good at marketing, <laughs> so <laughs> offered me a, a promotion into a marketing world. I had no experience in marketing, but they put me through my CIM and they gave me a lot of um, encouragement and trust and um, support. So Amazing. that was pretty good. And then after a couple of years doing that, I thought, you know what, I really need to see the other side of the coin for this and I need to get some experience in sales, which was a bit of a brave, kind of the thing you do in your twenties, I guess. So I got a job, um, in sales for a language travel company um, based in Switzerland with offices in London and I did that for a year and I travelled mostly around Asia um, selling language travel courses to um, language schools in the UK and the US and Canada and Australia um, and I loved travelling, I loved being out and about but I was really not very good at selling at all. <laughs> it was just... It just wasn't my thing, you know. I think you're a good salesperson, or you're not. But what it did do is give me a really strong understanding of the value of marketing from the customer, yeah. internal and external customer perspective, which I don't think I would have got otherwise. Um, and you know the, the 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 challenges that are faced, but the benefit that we as marketers can bring to to our internal mm-hmm. customers. And so then once I realized sales just wasn't for me um, (laughs) kind of jumped before I was pushed, probably. Yeah. We've Um, all been there. I've done sales (laughs) too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I moved to ProQuest. Um, so there I was a strategic marketing manager. Um, I looked after Chadwick Healy portfolio and then later on some serial solutions products, that kind of thing, helped launch new databases, establish new products. Um, That's where I first got my experience in publishing, Um, working, obviously ProQuest being an aggregator, um, learned a lot about digital products, about the library world, about, you know, the education aspect, the information industry in its entirety. And I loved working there. It was so much fun. And, you know, you know, lots of people that are there are, you know, still in touch this guy, the alumni we, we had
1: we had great sales conf- i mean we were there a different oh. time because i came into your job after you yeah. left. um yeah we the sales conferences were of legend, Legendary. Don't <laughs> i don't think that they're <laughs> like that anymore but you know i don't think they are um, no
0: and even now days, so. i know and even now i'll occasionally bump into people that i've not met before and they'll go oh <laughs> you're Hannah oh no <laughs> But it was great, it was great, and I, I really loved it. And I think, you know, so many years later, people that I met early on in my career in publishing are still, you know, friends, mentors, all of that kind of thing. Um, and I don't think I'll probably leave publishing unless I go you know, retire or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I moved on to Cambridge University Press, very, very different environment, but still. In the information industry and there I looked after um, our digital um, programs and ebooks um, primarily in databases um, and it was that was a really formative time because you know, the press was going through a lot of transition um, You know, music, a very traditional organization but really quite innovative in a lot of ways in how it wanted to to move forward and represent itself and I was really lucky to be part of that um, I was then fortunate to represent the um, Canadian University Press on the Publishers Association Digital Directors Board. Um, I got to travel and, and attend conferences and present at conferences and just be part of the industry. And it's so vibrant and it's so exciting. And it's really important to be part of something that you believe in, I think. And you know, we are in an industry that is about information and learning and it's, it's just, if you don't have something that you believe in, I think it's very difficult to, to kind of get behind it and get passionate about it. Yeah. So, and then from there, I started to work for professional associations so that um, so not-for-profit organizations. Um, and I'm still in that environment now. And again, it's, it's very different because it's much, much broader. Um, it's not just, um, publishing as such I mean I know that publishing has moved on in terminology but I think for me it's really great to work in a much more complex environment and I'm very lucky because I think one of my kind of passions is representing the voice of the customer and whilst a professional association or membership body can look very complicated from the outside and we make it very complicated from the inside one of the great things for me is now being able to move away from Lots and lots of disparate products and services, and very much into really unique, compelling value propositions. Um, and from a marketing perspective, it's brilliant being able to lead that. Um, so, I've got a, a fabulous global team of um, marketing professionals. Um, they're very creative, they're very enthusiastic. Um, we're responsible for customer experience management as well as marketing strategy and marketing campaign management. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's kind of where we are now. And I think it's it's been great being able to really demonstrate the value of marketing um, in the organisation we yeah. work for, particularly at the moment because you've got to demonstrate your value, your relevance, your impact. And that's what we can do by representing the voice of the customer, by speaking to them in a way that drives impact drives engagement. Um, and there's always massive challenges, you know, obviously. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I think that we have... We're, we're trying very hard to build, build on our kind of value-based position and speak to people in an emotional way. So not just here's something, do you want to buy it yeah, um, okay. or publish with us or you know, just telling that story and, and differentiating us. And that's, you know, for, for me, it's such a great, great place to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with that. And you have a, you have a really lovely um, tone of voice Um and um, I mean, I absolutely love, for example, like Simon Sinek because he talks about you know the golden circle and the approach of yeah. starting with the why first. And yeah. you'll see Apple, for example, and others who use that. And, and I'm I'm a I'm an Android lover. I'm not an yeah. Apple lover. Me too. You know? People that love Apple, you know, they really love Apple. They really do. They really love Apple. So, and they're very bought into that. And Apple does so well with Apple, other Apple products that you know it makes it so easy to. You're like, well, they integrate so well. Why do I not get an iPod and an iPhone yeah. and an iPad? And, well, you're
0: living it, aren't you? You because yeah, exactly. part of your lifestyle.
1: And they've got a wonderful way that they speak. That when you look at their advertising, for example, they they focus on the why, but in such a way that they're addressing your pain point and they flip it around yeah. and then comes a call to action after. Yeah. So it's about, you know, the why, then the how, then the what. So, and yeah. I think that's something that your team does and your colleagues as well that you do so well. And um, oh, in fact, you. I was, I had a quick look at your LinkedIn earlier for something and you've got a graphic on there. Maybe everyone's going to go to LinkedIn now. <laughs> <laughs> there's people viewing me, what's going on. Um, but there's this really great graphic on there that someone has done. And um and it says chemistry
0: making a difference. difference
1: I think it is uh, but the the TRY on the end try to make yeah. a difference I just think that's really smart that's
0: yeah. I'd is. love to pretend that was my own idea but it wasn't obviously I know but, 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 you but, know, but we, we will did come that, together that. and create these things together yeah, absolutely and that came about because we actually did some proper audience research and um you know the organisation letters go with it, and it was it was a really it was a cross, it was a very collaborative approach across the business, which was amazing. Okay. But it, for us, that campaign, <coughs> excuse me, is about trying to inspire GCSE students and A level students to pursue a career in chemistry because we know the numbers of people choosing to study chemistry are falling, and so we did a lot of research. Um, and that campaign now has has evolved beyond all expectations it's winning awards all over the place it's brilliant yeah and it led to a partnership quite well a couple of weeks ago um that one of my team actually um uncovered so we partnered with the uk space agency to broadcast the perseverance mars rover landing via tiktok wow which was amazing and you know i'm not i'm not really the right demographic for tiktok (laughs) But it was What are you talking about? (laughs) That was like my go to place last year. That kept me sane. (laughs) But it was, you know, the the opportunities and and it's built a lot of trust in the organisation in what we can do if Mm. we if you if you start with with that why and what what, why is it we're doing this? Yeah, we're not um, and focusing on outcomes rather than outputs. Yes. Um, I think that's the other thing. And just being bolder and braver and just a bit more, you know, Absolutely.
1: dynamic. Absolutely. Girl after my own heart there. <laughs> so, what have
0: you been most proud of in your career? Oh, loads of things. I've done loads of great things. I've had lots of opportunity and experiences. I think the thing that I'm most proud of is my team. And I know with all these answers, I sound a bit like a bit no. But, you know, and I know that I'm, partly responsible for the performance of the team and how well they are, how great they are. But, you know, they're, they're, they're really highly skilled, they're very capable, they're very open, they're wonderful to be around. This last year they've performed, you know, they've just been so cheerful and so engaged. It's been, it's been brilliant and they, they're all kind of united in this common aim to do what they do really well but have fun doing it as well Yeah, Um, and I think for me it's just a really it's a privilege to work with them and to see to see what they can do and to learn from them as well because you know you you never know everything and you get to a point that new people come in and new ideas come along and and being able to harness that and and not try and kind of stifle people yeah um, and pretend that you know everything is 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 quite a challenge but actually yeah my team are fabulous and actually most of the teams i've worked with and, and looked after have been brilliant but this team in particular i'm particularly proud of oh, they're gonna love to hear this aren't they, <laughs> I they are like, Bonus!
1: <laughs> yeah pay us more then <laughs> yeah what's that sorry don't do bonuses um so uh what's what have you found most challenging in your career
0: um, I think for me, and we were talking about this earlier. I think it's the, the the lack of understanding of what marketing really is, and the power that a good marketing team and and a marketing led culture can bring yeah. to the organisation. I think you know it is a particular skill set, but I you know you you must have this all the time. Everybody's a marketer, and, and you you know we were talking before. Um, before this but it's the, that kind of brochures and balloons approach um end of the end of the thing hey we've got a thing make it look nice do something shiny can you put some spot UV on this I'm like oh my god yeah but that, you know that that really I get very very upset about that yeah um, and I think um, I've found I'm, now I'm at a point in my career where I can manage that effectively I think early on I just kind of railed against the machine and yeah. Um, and I think it, it's very easy to fall into marketing speak and then, you know, you feel like you, or people feel like they're be- being beaten over the head with a the textbook or something. Yeah. Um, but actually for me, I now spend a lot of time working with people and trying to understand what they're trying to achieve and then showing them what we can do rather than telling them. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you just don't have any buy-in or credibility. Um, and I think it's also important to... Uh, really respect other people's subject matter expertise um so that in return they'll they'll respect yours you know I'm never going to know as much as my my publishing colleagues about you know, how to publish a journal it's just yeah. not what I do um all the you know I understand a lot about open access but I can't you know I'm not in the same space but I don't need to be because my yeah area of expertise is marketing and so bringing those together and working collaboratively um, and respectfully I think is now you know paying a lot of dividends um, and I think that you know one of my first managers in marketing um, always said to me you know it's always our fault when it goes wrong and it's mm. never thanks to you when something goes well and and that's true um, but I think, you know, you can flip that around and say, well, actually, we're the strongest department. We've got the broadest shoulders. You can't do what you need to do without us. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that we've. We've worked very hard on is is a kind of subtle shift in the terminology. So moving from a service department to an an, 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 an enabling function. Yeah. You know, we are here to enable the organisation to achieve its goals. Um. We don't do it on our own, but we are a big part of that. Yeah. And again, that's about articulating that customer proposition, the customer journey, the experience you want them to have, not just chucking out a nice little giveaway yeah. <laughs> at the end of the process. So and, I think and that those I things are good now, aren't they
1: though? Really? I mean, yes. yes, okay, sometimes those activities still need to be exist, but actually, you know, the marketing that we used to do back. In the two thousands, whatever you call that, um, in that decade is very different to what different. we do now. And uh, maybe we'll have to have some kind of separate discussion on on uh, on what exactly marketing is, so that people can understand it. Because Hannah and I had a bit of a chat before this. We were joking, as as many of us marketers do, about what your parents say about you know what, you do <laughs> what your friends think you do, and how do you actually explain what you do. And actually, when you were talking earlier, it reminded me, if I remember that one job I was in, I got so into my marketing speak that when I would speak to my friends and they would say, what have you been doing in work? And they would come out with something. It was so centric to the organization I was working with that it did not make sense to anyone (laughs) externally. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have I been doing Oh well, it
0: doesn't matter. <laughs> like no one understands me anymore. Understands. I know it is funny but yeah, I think it's just, you know, it is it is a it is a, a genuine a genuine profession it is, you know, a skill. It's not yes. something that everybody can do. Much like I wasn't very good at sales, you know. Um and I, I don't think we always get the respect we deserve and I think you know a lot of people do fall into the traps of just but but there's peas and there's yeah you know principles and all of that Improvised, kind
1: of provides foundation doesn't it to help people learn but actually it's not so what's
0: important now yeah so, and I think yeah and I think not I think being you know without wishing to sound bandwagony I think being a, a woman in the industry publishing is much better than a lot of places I know but it you know that also presents some challenges obviously but I don't think it's helped held me back and I would like to think it doesn't hold my team back but it's Mm -hmm. it's always there isn't it yeah it
1: is it is but hopefully it will get better especially with um, more that's been done on EDI landscape and oh god yeah and actually I mean we could have a separate discussion about this but um which we're not going to do now but I uh Uh, someone did say to me the other day, which I thought was really interesting, is like, it's great if an organisation has a representation or representative, I can't say it now, speak, representative for EDI, but what's actually their commitment? Why just have a representative? Why not have a person or a team who are actually ensuring that from an overarching level that this is happening throughout the organisation? And so I think it'll be really interesting for us to see how that's going to be in... You know, months, years, time. Yeah, it's got to be positive. Exactly. So, um, if you weren't going to, if you weren't doing your role now, um, and money was no object, um, what would you do? What would you be?
0: Show (laughs) jumper. (laughs) Yeah, I think the the old bones are a bit too.
1: I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you you know.
0: Look, at, so I might look get, at early horse trials, look at some well, of the... Well, I know, uh, it's just up the road. I might be able to get over a little Cavaletti, I don't know. Um, I think for me, I would love to work in a deli because I love cheese. Oh. Um, or love a or something like that in the lakes or in oh. France, in southwest France. I would need a lot of space though because I want to rescue lots of staffies and lots of donkeys. <laughs> and obviously I'd have a horse to gallop about on to kind oh, of round of them all up. Well, just but, one. Well, <laughs> well you know yes because you kind of I don't need I, you know I don't need one for show jumping one for dressage I know they, uh, they
1: take a lot of they do take a lot of um, looking after as they well do, they, they are do. a full time job I my grandfather um, used to uh, breed um, oh. Irish oh. draft stroke thoroughbreds and I used to ride just like you when I was younger and I did get on a horse I hadn't been for a very long time I did get on a horse about I don't know where are we now 10 years ago and they could remember how to ride considering I'd done cross country and pony clubs and all that it's stuff, I just, it, was, it wasn't like getting on a bike I was like oh my god how do I chop <laughs> <laughs> like oh so yeah I, I admire the fact that you've gone back to riding I'm now I've got a, a young daughter. daughter's like oh pony I'm like oh, maybe oh, I should think maybe, about yeah maybe, yeah, that's maybe that's I will go to a riding school <laughs> yeah so um so what, um, have you got any um, professional books that you have found and read that you have thought, God, they're a must read and why?
0: I am a really voracious reader, but I really don't like business books at all. I have a real, I try and avoid them. I do listen to audio books and I kind of read the executive summaries of things. Um, and i I have read some very interesting books recently, well, just generally that are not business books but can give you a different perspective on things um a good example of that is a book called Our Place by Mark Cocker and it's technically a um kind of nature book um but it's fascinating it made me think really long and hard about brand for example so there's a big um, focus on the National Trust and where that started and where it is now and in terms of the values and the Mm. history behind it and how they've kind of lost their way a lot in terms of what they were supposed to be and where where they've gone and working for a, a company like mine now which has a huge heritage it was really interesting to kind of apply some of that thinking so I think for me it's you can take inspiration from things that aren't necessarily a business book where sometimes they just rehash the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Make loads of money from, oh, now we're talking about human-centric marketing and yesterday it was customer-centric and it's like, but it's the same thing. Um, I'm quite enjoying the Alonement podcast, which is um, a podcast about the really positive sides of spending time alone and really enjoying it and loving it. And I've always been quite, I thought I was quite good at it, but it was really interesting. And she interviews lots of really great guests about, Just lots of really interesting experiences, Um, and I think now, you know, it's it's important to be able to embrace those kinds of situations as well. Um, But I think you know, the predictability of business books annoys me a bit. Yeah, (laughs) doesn't doesn't really doesn't really do it for me. Um, But I think by reading just generally, you get access to so much insight so many great minds so many different yeah. ways of thinking that you wouldn't do otherwise that you know don't don't assume that just because it's a a novel of some description that you're not going to find some inspiration in there that might yeah. apply to your work life because it might
1: exactly oh I love that that sounds like a really good book and we'll make sure that we include a link to that yes <laughs> so you also mentioned about the alonement um, podcast are there any other uh books or f- favorite books or blogs
0: or podcasts oh my favorite books obviously not a business book but my favorite right. books are the um um gilead series um the gilead quartet marilyn robinson just wonderful beautifully written very um emotional very evocative just wonderful i've got the the fourth one just arrived actually jack um and i'm almost almost don't want to read it because it's the last one um, but i think it's just such a personal thing isn't it and i think yeah you, know, you can they can if for me books take you to somewhere completely different and just couldn't be without them absolutely absolutely
1: i'm an ball fan myself I, I'm, I'm not much of a oh reader. yeah i listen while i while i'm doing things so if you could travel back in a time machine what would you tell your early
0: career self <sighs> be a volcanologist so, <laughs> do it do the horse thing <laughs> um I think really it would be don't don't be afraid to ask questions don't be um a, you know I have gone through times in my career and I, I need to people I need people to think I know all of this already but actually if you ask questions you can learn a lot from other people which will make yeah. you a better person. And I think the other thing is don't underestimate the importance of good relationships and strong relationships, because, you know, as we know from this industry, it's, it's very tight knit, it's very close knit and those people can go on to become friends. They will almost certainly be some kind of mentor or, um, you know, peer to peer, isn't it as well? Yeah, exactly. And so for me, it's, it's about, you know, Don't be afraid to ask questions because you won't look stupid. Um, And you might ask something that somebody else has been desperate to ask. Yeah,
1: that's Uh, so true. Yeah, That is absolutely so true. That really resonates with me as well. And just be curious. Be curious because that makes life fun. Absolutely. We all love a bit of fun. Um, (laughs) What is the
0: best piece of advice you've ever been given? Be authentic. No point. I mean... You, you know me well enough I, can't, I I struggle to be anything else I just you know it's um, I think the last year has been quite interesting obviously working at home mm. and I keep I've said to my husband a few times do I have a different work persona than home And he's like well a little bit because you you know you have to have different kinds of conversations but not really um, and I think being authentic can be very difficult you know because you're putting yourself out there and you know, sometimes that means admitting I don't know this or um, having to learn differently. But it's it's reson- it's really resonated with me. And. Yeah, fantastic. Um,
1: <laughs> so what's your number one tip for anyone working in marketing right now?
0: I think. I. Um, for me, the last year has been really interesting. I think it's shown how adaptable and agile marketing can be and how important it is. Um, I think for us, we've we've had to respond really, really fast, and we did. And what we have been able to do is showcase much better um, the importance of our organisation to support our community. Um, and I think now, for me, it's about moving into that recovery phase. You know, everybody's been very reactive and now marketing have an opportunity to step forward and lead the the recovery phase, Um, really focusing in on our audience. Who are they? What do they want? What do they need? What are their challenges? Why us? Um, And really then using that information to push forward and differentiate and bring value to your customers, which will ultimately bring value to the organisation. So I think for me, it's about, um, looking forward it's about really putting your organization front and center it's also about try you know just try new things don't be afraid yeah nobody's going to die if you try something and it doesn't really work um,
1: absolutely completely agree with that try new things and like you said earlier be bold be brave and yeah honestly stop doing what's not working <laughs> yeah please <laughs> <laughs> so, before we finish this, is there anything that you miss most since the COVID-19 pandemic, apart from us meeting at conferences? About so well meeting at conferences,
0: definitely, you. definitely miss. Um I think for me, it's just the simple things, you know, being able to plan time with friends and family, mm. um, going for a dog walk and stopping for a pint in the pub garden, <laughs> you know, just holidays in France. But I think there's also been a lot of positives for me. It's, uh, you know, learning to perhaps appreciate the little things a bit more yes. um, and I hope that it's I hope that some of the things I've learned and some of the things that have given me a bit of course for a kind of reevaluation of what's important and what I, I want hopefully I'll be able to hang on to some of that so you never know <laughs> exactly
1: and my final question to you, which I didn't ask you at the beginning to, to prep myself, which I should have done because now you're probably going to throw it wild at me. Is there anything you want to ask me?
0: Oh, so many things, but really? <laughs> oh, probably, for a, probably for probably for over a drink.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> you're definitely on for that. You're yeah, definitely let's, on for that. See that then. Uh, the next time we can get together. So I want to tell you thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. You've been absolutely brilliant and I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. And I know that people will definitely have a lot of different takeaways um from this as well, which is really good and impactful for them to do straight away. So that's very important.
0: So thank you, Hannah. Thank you for having me. And if anybody does want to get in touch, I'm on LinkedIn and you you can always just drop me a line. I'm happy to Hear from anybody, help, take any suggestions. Anybody got a cheese shop that they need I help to say, chop out cheese. For <laughs> a horse they need mucking out. I'm your girl.